Orlando InfoPod, the podcast for all things Orlando. Do you love vacationing in the magical world of Orlando, Florida? Do you need information, news, laughter? Well, this is the podcast for you. We have news, views, and information that will help you have the best vacation ever. Available on eight platforms. Find us on Facebook for all the links. Hello everyone, my name's Paul Elwell and welcome to another one of my personal guides and thoughts for the Orlando InfoZones radio show. Uh, today I'm going to talk about driving in the USA. Uh, some people do it, some people don't, but the majority of uh, travellers to Florida do tend to use a car or hire a car. There are many different hire car companies as I've talked to you before, Alamo, which is the one I prefer. Dollar Avis rent a car. There are so many different kinds. So shop around with the with the uh, different cars that you wish to hire, uh, or different companies you wish to use. But have a look around. I know when we book with Virgin, Virgin uh, their partner is Alamo, uh, which we find really good because with Alamo you can pre-register your car and literally turn up and pick your car and go. So which is really good. A few little ground, uh, ground rules first. Uh, first of all, things that you need to do before you travel and things that you need uh, as you get to the airport. <clears throat> the most important thing is obviously you need a UK driving license if you're from the UK. Uh, this is necessary. Uh, you, uh, the new style one is okay, as is the old fashioned paper one, which is okay, which is the one I had before. Uh, but I've just recently upgraded to the new one, which is uh, much better uh, with your picture on, which you can also use for ID. Uh, the second thing you need is a credit card. So they will swipe your credit card and obviously any damage that may incur or any costs may incur, they will use that and they will hold that uh, credit card and you'll pay for the fuel. And then when you uh, return your car at the end of the holiday, uh, as long as there's nothing wrong, you don't get charged anything. They just obviously give you a bill there and then. Uh, the one thing uh, that you do not need is an international drive permit. So don't listen to what anybody says, any travel agents, what they may say. You do not need an international driving permit. So don't make that mistake. Don't think you've got to get one. You do not need one. So when you get to the airport, as I said, you pick up your car. Uh, what we always do is uh, if you can pick your own car, just might like the colour or I tend to go for a lower mileage car uh, that looks in good condition um, that's nice and comfortable uh, but if you pick your car uh, I'll load the car up with the luggage uh, obviously uh, the wife and kids will get in the car if they're with us uh, and then get used to get yourself used to the car setup so just the mirrors uh, obviously you're sitting on a different side of the car that you would in the UK but get used to the mirrors get used to the controls where the indicators are where the washer wipers are where the lights are uh, important things like that obviously if you're my son you'll get used to if they've got Apple Play in the car and he'll link your phone in so so that's quite an important thing is get used to the setup of the car move the seat um, um, just get used to it just get used to the feel of the car now on leaving the airport, you'll go through a, a control point where they will take your driving license, they will give you an agreement and obviously the credit card as well and they'll ask you if you want sat-nav. Um, you can hire a sat-nav, I think it's about 7 or $8 a day. Uh, we've got our own sat-nav that we bought over here 
in the UK and we bought a USA Maps for it. Uh, that's one option you can do. Uh, you can also buy one over at Walmart for about $70, I think, that'll have the uh, USA Maps on, uh, which is another option. If you're a regular goer to Florida, that's, that, that makes sense. Uh, the other way of doing it is download an app for your phone. If you've got an iPhone, uh, you can use the maps on your phone. Obviously, it may incur a data charge, but if you didn't want to use a data charge, I think it's Navi Maps is a, an option that you can use, which is uses the GPS on your phone, so it wouldn't incur any costs. That's another way that, of getting a sat nav, uh, knowing where you go. But obviously, before uh, you leave the airport, make sure you know roughly which direction you're going and which road you need to go on. Um, obviously, as you leave the airport, you're driving on the right-hand side of the road, so you're not driving on the same side as you would in the in the UK, driving on the opposite side of the road. Um, one tip somebody told me once is that if you wear your watch on your left hand when you're in the USA, you put it on your right hand, so just to, uh, just subconsciously, you know, it's slightly different when you get in the car. Anyway, this is a silly old wife's tale that I've used before. Uh, but... Another thing before you travel, make sure you read up on the uh, USA laws. They are different to ours. And there's a few uh, odd things, a few good things and a few bad things. Obviously, yes, you can undertake and you can overtake. So just be wary if you're on the, the main roads and they're all big roads that you somebody can come uh, on the left hand side, somebody come on the right hand side, but it is quite a common thing that you can then get undertaken and overtaken. Uh, and you can, you, uh, the longer you stop there, the more you go, you, you are prepared to do that same thing. So, the good thing is, yes, you can turn right on a red light, which is very good. Obviously, uh, in, the, in the US, there are some junctions where it says stop on red, but other junctions, when you approach it, as long as you slow down, stop, and look to your left you can turn right on a red light. So just bear that one in mind as well. Um, all the cars that you can hire, or the hire cars from any company, are they're all petrol cars, or should I say gas. And when you come to fill them up, uh, they'll all take a regular grade petrol, or gasoline, uh, as they call it over there. Just bear in mind that uh, you know where the petrol cap uh, is and where the unlock button is. Uh, one holiday we went there, I was very grateful of Tony Murray who messaged me and told me where the petrol release cap was on a Santa Fe. I hadn't got a clue and uh, if it wasn't for Tony, we'd be still be stuck somewhere in Orlando, which can't be a bad thing. Um, all the cars have air conditioning and all the cars are an auto gearbox so they auto shift there's no you don't get really get manual shift uh, but you will all cars will have air conditioning boy do you need it um driving on the roads obviously just be cautious to start with you are on the opposite side of the road uh, there are a lot of roads in orlando which are toll roads uh, yes you can uh, hire a pass um, an easy pass for the toll roads uh, personally we don't we tend to take a lot of change that we have left over from previous tips uh, so we do carry a lot of change in the car uh, but make sure you have got the change for the toll booths the toll booths range from 50 cents to two dollars fifty it all depends on which road you are which direction you go and how long you've been on the road but there are a lot of uh, toll roads a lot of people won't use them but sometimes uh, it will cut your travel time down uh, considerably and if you can avoid the i4 at any time 
uh, that's best to do because the I-4 is a very, very, very busy road and apparently it's the most dangerous road in America. I don't want to worry you, but it is the most notoriously the most dangerous road in America. However, as long as you're cautious, as long as you drive safely, as long as you're wary of what's going on around you, it is okay to do. But just be wary of what's going on. And like I said to you before, people undertake, people overtake. It is always one of those things where you have got to be on your best behaviour and look for what's going. Um, driving in the US as well, uh, there was a, another myth that it, there's a 55 mile an hour speed limit, blanket speed limit in America. Well, that isn't the case. Some roads have a 30 mile an hour or 45 or 55. And on some of the big state roads, there is even a 70 mile an hour speed limit. But uh, just watch what you're going on around there. One thing that I did learn, uh, and I actually found that out uh, with the Wilkeses when we were over there in Eastern, bear in mind we've been, you know, almost 20 times to Florida, is when you see a school bus. Now, if you are travelling in the morning or travelling in the afternoon when the school buses are out and in use, if you are in front of a school bus or if you are behind a school bus or you can see a school bus, if they stop, you have to stop. So you have to stop and you cannot overtake a school bus. So if that school bus is in front of you, an arm comes out that says stop and you have to stop because the kids will get on and off the uh, bus and they can walk in any direction, any side of the road. So the law is you stop on uh, when you see a school bus. So that is quite an important one. Overall, driving in the US, I personally find a lot less stressful than I do driving in the UK. Uh, the roads are bigger, the roads are in much better condition, you very rarely see potholes. Uh, the cars are new, uh, they are comfortable. Um, I'm not going to say they're the most economical of cars because they aren't, uh, but they are nice comfortable cars, uh, they're well maintained and the roads are a lot better um, and it is more enjoyable to drive over there. Yes, it's a little bit daunting at times because it's all new, but as you uh, all, it's well signposted. Disney's well signposted to get to and from, uh, and obviously there's so many exits uh, from Disney that you should be able to find your way to and from the parks. And similarly, the same with uh, Universal Studios and SeaWorld. Uh, Travelling to and from theirs is well uh, signposted. And they've got their own sets of traffic lights normally leading into the parks because it's that, that popular. Um, but overall, yeah, driving in the USA is pretty good. Um, the returning of your car, I mean, you'll find people ask about the, how economical are the cars. Well, obviously, it depends how what kind of car you've got and how you drive it. But I would say anything from if you've got a high-power sports car, you could be at 15 miles to the gallon. Uh, if you've got an SUV, you'd be 25 miles to the gallon. Um, and actually the most economical car that we have ever hired was the Ford Mustang, which is about 32, 33 miles to the gallon, which considering it was a, a performance car was excellent. Um, and it's still today the, one of the best cars I've ever driven, um, either in the UK or in America. It was a great car and I'm looking forward to hiring one uh, later on in the year. So roughly that's my guide uh, for driving in the US. Uh, the most important things are be cautious, get used to the car and know what's going on around you. Do not exceed any speed limits. Stick within the rules because they're stickler for rules. You will see sheriffs on the road. They are looking at you, but just be cautious and be careful what's going on 
uh, around you. Hope you've enjoyed this uh, little blog on um, driving in the US and thanks for listening and of course guys this is my opinion after all. TTFN guys, bye. Good evening everyone and welcome to the Orlando Info Pod. You've got Kath Watson. I'm Bob. I'm Becky. And we're going to touch you today about the positives that we think about Magic Kingdom, the happiest place on earth. So I'm going to kick off with my, one of mine. And um, for me, it's arriving on the monorail or on a boat or walking. It's absolutely unique. Probably only one of the few places in the world you can get on all those different transportation and end up in the Magic Kingdom. Right. Now, for me, I have to say it's wonderful. First time you arrive at Magic Kingdom, it is really, really exciting. You get there, you get into the car park, you get your tram and you're there and you're going, oh, we can see it over the lake there and the anticipation is building and you go, oh, should we get on the monorail? Should we get on the boat? Let's go on the ferry. And you go across on the ferry and it's a wonderful experience just building that anticipation until you're actually in Magic Kingdom. And then the next time you come, you get that excitement again and go, we're going to go monorail this time. We did a ferry last time, we'll go monorail this time. <laughs> and that's brilliant. I would have to say by the time you get to about the third or fourth time you're arriving, you you do kind of just want to get there. But uh, for first time arriving, it is a wonderful build of excitement as you're going whichever form of transport you like. My favourite's the ferry. Um, I, I liked the walking, as you said, especially it's nice to be in hotels that are so close by. I think that's a great advantage of the Magic Kingdom is how close that there are these hotels so that you can just hop on the monorail and then you're going to be there in seconds, whereas you don't really get that with any of the other theme parks apart from Animal Kingdom Lodge and Animal Kingdom. But even then, it's it takes even it takes just as long, doesn't walk. it? You can't walk. No, you can't walk it. It's a bus. Yeah. So... But, uh, yeah, just to note that for walking, that is only from the Contemporary and Bay Lake Tower that you can actually walk to Magic Kingdom from. And it's such a quick walk. <laughs> <laughs> you have your own check-in as well. So, leading on to the next one then, it's that feeling to actually get into Magic Kingdom or to get into any theme park, of course. You've got to go through security these days and have your bag checked. And if you're chosen, you might need a little bit longer for security as well. And the lines for those can be as long as queuing for a ride in the theme park. And then you have to tap your magic band, pop your finger on the um the, the door to get in. Not the door, but the turnstile, if you like. And assist someone else who can't remember which finger it is to get the right <laughs> finger. It's the wrong finger first time. Hang on, try again. <laughs> Hang on. Get him, get him to have another go. Um, okay, let's, let's just rescan. Yeah, okay, we'll let him in through. So the stress then of making sure everybody's through the turnstiles together and you've relocated each other and you're all stood together. Once all that stress is out the way, that feeling that you're in Magic Kingdom almost is like a little wait. It's like leaving work on a Friday afternoon. You're ready to go and ready to enjoy the excitement. And you can hear that little tinkle of the music on Main Street as you're getting closer. For me, it's the moment that you've stepped under the railway that goes above the the entrance gate and you step through and you can see the castle, isn't it? Smell the popcorn. Yeah. And you go, I'm here. (laughs) Yes, it's that feeling, I'm here. And, and that's what the popcorn is there for. It is there for the smell. 
they do sell it they're not expecting to sell much they're not trying to make money they it's the smell of the popcorn it's the sights it's the sounds you suddenly emerge into the magic kingdom the smells from that candy shop on the corner mm. with all oh, the sugar yeah. and oh yeah and then you come around the corner and you look and you see the castle there ahead of you and then everybody cries because they're so happy <laughs> but you like the castle shot i love the castle i love the photos you can get from photopass of the family in front of the castle this this is one of my favorite things from the magic kingdom so many of the photos that we've actually bothered printing out over the years and have in frames and have around are kind of the annual castle shot it is so iconic and it is something just that one shot you look at and you look back and it kind of encapsulates the whole holiday that you had a great time while you were there and if you're really lucky you get to book in one of the restaurants early in the morning and so you can get up to yes if you can book in restaurants before park opening now this has changed slightly Mm. it used to be the case that if you booked into those restaurants before park opening you could actually get onto main street whilst there was no one there Um, you'd go in the side entrance at, at one end and into the park and you'd be on main street and you'd get your photo taken with absolutely nobody else in the photo in the background now they've changed things slightly but it does mean that if you're booked in say for a very early breakfast at be our guest you go further round to the side of the plaza and there is still an area you go to where there is no one else and you can get photos side angle of you the castle no one else there and around the back of the castle as well and around the back you can take photos fantasy land as well and also on main street there's little things that first of all when you're going in you probably don't notice but as you become more seasoned uh, travellers that going in those are the things then you stop and notice as well like the dapper dance and the trolley show and the mayor and the mayor and it's just nice how you can it can make your experience unique can't it yeah and it's just a special little thing that it's nice to take the time at what you were doing and just stop and take it in because one of one of the ones on my list was the little surprises that you find around every corner magic kingdom is so big they can throw in so many little things everywhere so yes you've got the dapper dans and you've got um the sorcerers of magic kingdom was another one um but as you go further out then you also have the rapunzel bathrooms which might sound a bit boring (laughs) but actually you go there and it's stunning isn't it and it's a nice little place to stop and take in and go and then Disney. And, <laughs> and then the night. For the hidden Pascals all around. Yeah. And then in the night, of course, you can have your lantern shot. Mm-hmm. You can go at dusk and there's photopass photographers there and you actually get to hold a Rapunzel lantern and have your photographs taken. And the little um, hidden pavilion near Liberty Square where they do meet and greets that not a lot of people know about. So it's normally quite quiet. Uh, they've had Tiana, uh, Mary Poppins quite a few unique little little people to to go and meet around there some yeah. characters so so when, that when people plan their holidays they tend to plan what big rides they want to do and for some people they go to the parks and all they're focused on is the big rides oh we've got to do this we've got to do this we've got to do this we've done the park and out magic kingdom is not really about those rides yes they're there yes you'll do them it is about all the little experiences and all the moments along the way when you look back on your holiday, you won't 
really be thinking about and remembering, oh, do you remember going on Big Thunder Mountain? If, if you've really done Magic Kingdom, you will have had moments and things. Those are the things that you will treasure in, in years to come. Like Peter Pan holding your hand and walking you across Fantasyland, for mm. example. Or... Like Mary Poppins junk, jumping into a chalk painting with you. Yes. Yeah. So that leads us on nicely to the next one, and that's theming. So do you want to say back? Um, I would say that Disney has always been amazing at theming and making you feel immersed and making sure that the experience is that every single little detail in the park is carefully thought out and relevant to what they want the story to be. Because that's the thing with the, the Disney parks, they're all stories, really. Um, and what I love personally is how as you go into different um, lands within Magic Kingdom, the theming is so distinct and everything changes as you go into each of these areas. So if you're crossing over the bridge from the centre of Magic Kingdom into Adventureland, the plants slowly get more and more tropical. The uh, fence slowly becomes more um, wooden and bamboo-y from, from the original like white picket fence kind of look that it originally is and it's the same for every section it's just so smooth of a transition that you won't notice it unless you look for it it feels hotter in Adventureland <laughs> <laughs> for some reason yeah and that's down to the theming mm-hmm. and every detail changes yeah. every detail of the park changes you go from you have different flooring they they it's it's themed as you go around that different lands the the actual ground is different. You have different lights. You have different trash cans. You have everything is for that land. If they couldn't take something out of one land and put it in another land, it would look out of place and you would notice the difference. Every detail matches where it's supposed to be. And Magic Kingdom does that so much more and so much better than any of the other parks. Little fun fact. <laughs> um, Disney is so dedicated to their theming you will not find a single bathroom in Liberty Square. So not necessarily fun fact if you're trying to find a bathroom in Liberty Square, <laughs> but because they wouldn't have had them back in those days and people would have gone to the loo in the middle of the street, <laughs> you cannot find a single bathroom in Liberty Square. And if you've ever wondered why on Liberty Square, when you look at the ground, it's kind of like a you're walking through a channel of path as you walk through that is what that channel represents. So you might want to step out to the side of that channel. <laughs> I'm going to pick up on a nicer bit of theming. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and I'm going to stay in Fantasyland and all those beautiful colours. And there's a little shop in there that Charlie takes us into every time. We don't buy anything generally in there. It's Sir Mickey's, just as you come into Fantasyland. But he just loves... Inside, you'll see the giant... Is it Willie the Giant? Mm, from yeah. Mickey and the Beanstalk. From Mickey and the Beanstalk. And if you look up, you'll see the beanstalk growing. And then there's a um, a figure of Minnie in mm. a sort of um, princess. medieval princess yeah. outfit. And you will see the giant almost like lifting the roof up, peeping through. There's, it's just amazing every single detail yeah as is the boutique that is directly across from that one as well over the other side in there the theming inside the shop as well as outside is is very dedicated another uh great 
element of the theming has got to be the queues. Some of the most entertaining queues you actually get in Magic Kingdom because you are waiting a long time in some some for some rides like uh, Peter Pan and stuff. But actually, there's so much there to keep you entertained. You've got lots of interactive elements to play with, and yeah, I've I've heard a lot of good things about um about uh Seven Doors Mine Train, Winnie the Pooh, and Peter Pan. Yeah, it's it's one of the funny things because we always manage to fast pass those ones. We very often miss those pl- elements of the queues. We've we've done the actual queues for one or two of them, um, but there's one or two that we haven't done the queue for that we kind of go. We could do with a short queue one day just so we can actually go through the queue. Um, I remember it was only last year uh, when we were there for Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party, so the queues were short, that me and Charlie did the queue for Peter Pan. It's a lovely queue. Maybe less lovely if you're in it for 75 minutes than if you're in it for 10 minutes, but it is a lovely queue. We we took longer going through the queue. We let people through and pass because we were just enjoying the queue for a while. Oh, that's nice. It's unusual to hear we enjoyed the queue. So. Yes, <laughs> Chalk that one up. Leading us on then to the cast members who actually work in Magic Kingdom, who are a special breed. They must love their job. They are absolutely amazing. And and all of them go above and beyond from people who are sweeping up the rubbish off the street and who are still painting at the same time. They get water. They get like their brush and paint water pictures and things like that. Oh, yeah. To the suits who stop and pin trade with your little ones. And we've had that as well. Nothing is too much trouble. We've, over the years, on occasion, we've had special service from cast members that we've gone to Town Hall uh, to... Is it Town Hall? It's City Hall. City Hall to tell them that we've had such good service and to give plaudits to a cast member. Um, I think once we've done that in any of the other parks, all the other times it's been Magic Kingdom, uh, they just take such care of guests and love their job so much. And I'm going to include PhotoPass photographers in that as well. Um, last year we had a, I can't remember his name, he was amazing, but he posed us in such different ways mm. and created some really wonderful photographs. There was He took photographs of us trying to take a selfie and it was just lovely. It's one we use a lot. And that poor man was in the hottest section of the park because it was in front of the castle in one of the little green sitting areas one of the little parks and it was so hot and he took so much time with every single family that came through and that's just above and beyond isn't it and we saw him again another day and he did a fantastic job with us another day and we were actually then looking out for him to see whether he was around anywhere to see if we could get good shots with him because he did really good non-standard kind of shots that are the ones that are a little bit different that you remember. Yeah, the other one I want to mention was the lady at the Stitch meet and greet. And Charlie does not like the old ride, the... Uh, Alien Encounter. Alien Encounters it was, but it was the Stitch one, wasn't Stitch it? Stitch's Great, Great Escape. So he... And Stitch, that's obviously closed. Charlie couldn't understand that it was closed. But Stitch was meeting and greeting inside and he was terrified to go in the building. And he'd run, he'd run up, lava people, and run away again. But the cast member could see what was happening, 
and she just took him in, didn't she? Mm. And said, come this way, took him straight up and met Stitch and had the most amazing encounter with him. Mm. So they go above and beyond. I think my cast member shout-out would be from a good couple of years ago, actually, when I did Bibbity Bobbity Boutique with my older cousin, Sophie, um, and the pair of us were done up like uh, Cinderella and Snow White. We were we were dressed up because this was before we knew we weren't allowed to dress up anymore. We <laughs> were still and in that age. We were still that age, and um, we went into the Disney Emporium um, along Main Street. And this woman came up to us and went, "Oh, it's the princesses!" And she paraded us through the whole shop singing along <laughs> saying oh it's the princesses and just made us feel so special that was so lovely of her ah, remember that see okay and also the they're not cast members they are real people like gaston and you know I like oh, yes. yeah yes so you know, let's just not go there okay mm-hmm. but let's just give them a quick but mention some of them have been wonderful yes absolutely so next shows and parades I love the Festival of Fantasy Parade. I wish it wasn't at three o'clock in the afternoon when it's quite as hot as it is. Um, it'd be nice if it was at a slightly cooler time of day, if such a thing exists in Florida. <laughs> but the chance to get close to and see so many of your favourite characters with the wonderful music and the wonderful floats and everything all together, it's, it is a wonderful half hour or so to stand out and watch that parade yeah i agree and i love the castle show that is that has always been my favorite i think every every show they've done i've loved pretty much um and at the minute it's i always want to call it friendship it's magic and that's not because <laughs> that's from my little pony friendship it's fair friendship fair i think it's called and it's all about the three newer princesses so it's rapunzel uh She's got a dream. <laughs> Tiana. And... Anna and Elsa. And Anna, of course it's Anna and Elsa. They don't, they don't <laughs> seem to let it go at any point, do they? Oh, <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> but they are three very good films and very lovely prince well four very lovely princesses so it's just nice for them to have their own time. And it's always such a feel good, I mean it's mushy and it's, you know, it's Everybody loves everybody and it's happily ever after, which leads me on to my choice. But I've got to throw in before you do your sure. choice. The perfect Disney moment for me every time I go is when Minnie goes at the end of that show, remember we love you. I just go, oh. Do you need a tissue now? <laughs> I'm all right. Okay. <laughs> which leads me on to mine, of course, everyone's favourite, happily ever after, which is then their newer nighttime spectacular and it is spectacular basically fireworks projections on the castle lasers stunt, yeah music that will make you cry mm-hmm. the music is wonderful um the first time we experienced happily ever after we actually only experienced the music um with the fireworks from a distance because the first time we experienced it we were actually stood in the grand floridian on the Pontoon, dock yeah. over there um was actually in a part of the holiday when we weren't actually due to go to the Disney parks. We just happened to be staying at the Grand Floridian one night before we went uh, out to the coast. And it was wonderful from that distance. Mm. We've done it from on a boat in 
Bay Lake. In Bay Lake. Seven Seas Lagoon. Okay. And we've done it from there and that's been wonderful from out there as well. But there's nothing like seeing it close enough in the park. And you, you do need to be close enough to really see it. To, to enjoy it. It's it's not like wishes where you could be well back on Main Street. You need to be right down forward of Casey's Corner to actually enjoy it. Yeah, you properly. have to be in front of the castle for a change because with wishes as well, you could be over in Frontierland and it wouldn't be quite the same, but you'd still get yeah. you get a lot of it. But you need to see the projections on the castle for it to just fully have the experience isn't it yeah and don't forget after happily ever after there's mrs potts's once upon a time as well they're yeah. worth seeing too so she lovely. tells sort of good night stories and you get again projections on the castle and fireworks too so okay last one over to becky um of course i'm a big fan of walt <laughs> as, as we all are <laughs> and um the thing about Magic Kingdom was it was Walt's last big project before he sadly passed away and he didn't even get to see it finished but there is so much of him in Magic Kingdom his uh, desire for everything to be for the whole family so for the parents and the kids and for it to just be a magical experience for everyone and not only that there's so much history in there because you've got the World Fair ride still, still kicking around it's yeah, just lovely to sort of have Walt in I think Epcot comes a close second, but yes. yeah, Magic Kingdom is embodies Walt and his vision, I think. And I it's agree. The one part more than the other that any other that has stayed true to that vision. They haven't brought in lots and lots of big rides. They haven't taken the temptation to bring in the big blockbuster experiences. A lot of what you experience there is still the same things that were there from the very early days. Some of the things that are there are still the things. I had a friend when I was in school who was lucky enough to go to Walt Disney World back then. And the things that he enjoyed then and told me about then and they had on their photos, they're the same things that we go and enjoy and love now because they're those kind of timeless, uh, not big uh, technology things or whatever. They are just the things that all the family can just enjoy together. It's like Utopia. You tell me a kid who never wants to drive a car when they're little. Everybody in the world wants to drive a car. So in Walt Disney World, in Magic Kingdom, you can get to do that. And your adult is sitting next to you and you've got that steering wheel and pedal. For, for those of you who are wondering, Utopia is the Disneyland Paris version <gasps> of Tomorrowland Speedway. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I got chills then though before like just you lot talking about all the how little it's changed because obviously I've not I can't have the same experience of what it was like plus twenty years ago because I've been only going for the past decade or so decade and a half so yeah it's it's really um amazing to hear that kind of side of it as well okay so those are the things we absolutely love about magic kingdom stay tuned and we're going to tell you about the things that drive us a bit and that's so it's bye for now from kath and bob and becky orlando infopod the podcast for all things orlando do you love vacationing in the magical world of orlando florida 
Do you need information, news, laughter? Well, this is the podcast for you. We have news, views, and information that will help you have the best vacation ever. Available on eight platforms. Find us on Facebook for all the links. So, you want to hear more about our Disney Resort hotels? Well, you came to the right place. You won't believe all the magical benefits you get. With more than 20 fun hotels, you get to pick your theme. You'll find the one that's perfect for your perfect Disney dream. We'll get you so excited that you'll never want to leave. The list of things to see and do is too much to believe. It's true. When you're staying at a Disney Resort hotel, the fun never ends. There are water sports, all kinds and sorts that fill the seven seas. Restaurants for bon vivants, such fine amenities. Since your resort hotel can be so near a Disney park, you could play all day with Mickey and see fireworks at dark. You want to spend even more time in a Disney theme park? Well, listen to this. Stay right here with us and then you'll get some magic powers. Extra time inside the parks, we call it extra magic hours. These extra magic hours happen every single day. It's all complimentary and extra thank you for your stay. Hey, check this out. It's called a magic band. Another cool perk you get when you stay in a Disney Resort hotel. We'll give you each a magic band, wear it on your favorite hand. Having up the fun when you're on the run, your magic band will get it done. Just pick the color best for you, orange, yellow, green, and blue. You can open up your door, use it at a store. You think that's cool, just wait, there's more. That's right. You can even use your magic band at our Fast Pass Plus locations. What's Fast Pass Plus, you ask? Come on, I'll show you. As a guest of a Disney Resort hotel, you get first access to FastPass Plus service up to 60 full days before you check in. Flying into Orlando Airport? Then you get to experience Disney's Magical Express service. We can pick you up with our airport bus. Drop your bags and you at your doorstep. Plus, with the drive off your mind, leave your worries behind. Transportation, it's on us. Even after you get here, take a monorail or a boat or bus. There's no fee, no charge, there's no mess, no fuss. With the drive off your mind, leave your worries behind. Transportation, it's on us. So we're all set. We hope you'll be joining us soon at a beautiful Walt Disney World Resort Hotel. Zippity doo dah, come down and play. We've got magic every night, every day. Plenty of fun times heading your way. Yes, you're gonna love this. Nothing beats a Disney Resort Hotel. It's a wonderful stay. everyone and welcome to the Orlando Info Pod. You've got Kath Watson. I'm Bob. I'm Becky. And we're here to talk about some of the negative things about Magic Kingdom. Ooh, 
Less positive things, isn't it? Okay. As <laughs> for improvement. <laughs> so if we had the ear of I, Mr. Iger, things that we would tell him, <laughs> things that we would tell him we would like just to improve a little bit. And, and we're just going to put this caveat on, we are huge Disney fans. Oh, yeah. The reason we want these changes is because we love it so much. Yes, absolutely. So I think we're going to go with the first one, definitely the price, especially yeah. as annual passes have just shot up through the roof this week. Yeah. And if anyone is out there thinking of just going along for the day, it's an incredibly expensive single day out. We're lucky, I suppose, as UK ticket holders, that the 14 night and the 21 night tickets are really reasonable. Yeah, we, we get better ticket deals in the UK than most of the US are able to get. But it's still expensive. Yeah. Especially when you have to buy four, if you're a family of four or five or even more. So, yeah, price is an issue and we understand that they're putting their prices up because they've got lots of incurring costs and trying to keep people out and so they can keep the numbers down. But hey-ho, you know, it's expensive enough holiday as it is. So. I mean, that's one of the things. It's a balancing act for them. People say they keep putting the prices up they're going to price themselves out of the market and then at the same time people complain about how many people there are in the parks so um if it was that expensive they were pricing themselves out of the market there would be fewer people in the parks but there aren't and also it would go the other way as well if they dropped the prices your parks would be even busier and i don't think anyone wants even more people in the parks. No. Right, on to my first one then. So, it's the time it takes to get into Magic Kingdom. Particularly if you're arriving by car. Yes. Well, actually, it's the only theme park, because we drive in to most of them, it is the only theme park that we don't drive the car in. We catch the bus, or if we stay at Bay Lake Hotel, we walk, because it is just crazy trying to get in and park. And then... The rigmarole from getting from your car, either then you have a substantial walk to the park or you have to get on the tram and get there. So, yeah, it's just pain. And after you've got off the tram or, or walked, you then have to get on the monorail regardless. So, it, yeah, you've got to add an, at least an extra half an hour to what you think it's going to take to get in, probably. Probably more than that. Yeah. You will have noticed, those of you listening to the earlier part, that actually we said arriving by the monorail... And the ferry was one of the, the positives. And for those first couple of times, it is a positive. And once you've got through those first couple of times, you just want to get there. And you can't just get there. It takes forever to actually arrive by car, get on the tram, get to the monorail, get across the park, get through security, <laughs> get to the lines, and finally actually to dab your magic band to get into the park. So if you're booking fast passes or restaurants or anything else, you need to set off way in advance to make sure you get there on time. Or it's it's one that I hear the locals will go out of their way to take the minivan or an Uber to get there because it just saves so much time because the minivan or the Uber takes you right up to where the buses yeah. pull up. So that's but a little if trick. On, if you're staying on property, hop on the bus because yeah. it, it just drops you then right by security and Definitely. you can get through if you're on a tight schedule and you just want to get in the park and have fun so number two for you guys was rides and the park i like my big rides and the 
biggest you get in uh Magic Kingdom is is the mountains. Triple mountain whammy, wham wham wham. I would call it a quadruple mountain whammy these days because mm. I would put seven draws mine train in in there. It doesn't have the word mountain in there. <laughs> I think it's still. A Should mountain. we put it in seven yeah. draws mountain mine train? Yeah. Okay. He's <laughs> in. Um, Space Mountain, Splash Mountain, and Big Thunder Mountain. Wham wham wham. For those who remember, <laughs> Stacy. But apart from that, it's all dark rides and sit-down shows and it's all very chill and family-friendly, which I understand, <laughs> but I am an adrenaline junkie and it's not good enough. <laughs> <laughs> all all oh. the family stuff, though, was one, again, was one of the positives of the park. <laughs> but, yeah, if you are going, looking for your adrenaline then Magic Kingdom isn't the place you're necessarily going to get your adrenaline rush. No, your teenagers might be opting for Hollywood Studios or Animal Kingdom for their thrill-seeking fun or even up to the dark side, Universal. Another thing with the rides as well is there's quite a few that are just a bit out of date or just aren't of interest as much. They're, they're not as, as appealing as, as some of the others. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> well, you've got the Astro Orbiters. You've got three different rides that all spin around. And you've got the Astro Orbiters, you've got Dumbo, and you've got the Magic Carpet Ride. And honestly, I think you only need Dumbo to 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 enjoy. Dumbo's the iconic one, exactly. isn't it? So the other two just feel like fillers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, they take a long time to get people on and off it. Yeah, for a very short actual ride time. Yeah, there's there's that would be my my gripe is is there's a few like that that are just fillers or they're a bit outdated. Although there's some like country based jamboree which is the best sit down in the air conditioning for twenty minutes. Unless you want to go to sleep and then you're better off in Hall of Presidents. Oh, they got comfy seats in the Hall of Presidents for a nap. But wouldn't you rather, after spending all that money, not be going, oh, I'm having a nap now, and be sitting and watching something like old school uh, Lion... The Fe- it's not called the Festival of Lion King, but there was an old Lion King show that used to be um, in Phil Our Magic or something like that, which people loved, and they could bring that back. Is that? Yeah, the old history, uh, Disney history thing that I watched, apparently. Okay. <laughs> well, new one on me. But it's also a big park as well. So if yeah. you're trying to get from... Um, say Splash Mountain, over across to Space Mountain mm-hmm. as as an adrenaline junkie. You're you're going to struggle if you have fast passes for the pair and you're trying to get from once. You're you're just not going to do it. Yeah. It is a long walk. Three key fast passes that some people like to book are for Splash Mountain, Big Thunder Mountain, and Space Mountain. Whatever you do, don't make Space Mountain the middle one of those three with a tight timetable because it's a long way across the park and a long way back again. Particularly just, in the August heat. You're just not going to do it. You're, you're yeah, not going to. You can. You will. You will. But it's hot. It's not work. worth it. <laughs> you're going <laughs> to lose the fun, aren't you? You'll have to have a dull whip to keep you going in between. Mm. So, okay, on to the next one. This is one of mine, and this is strollers parked right in the middle of Fantasyland. And it is an official stroller park, I know. This has happened, I think there's been a big increase in this in the last few years. But literally, this beautiful themed land, whimsical, magical, absolutely gorgeous, all this twinkly music playing, and it's just a sea of strollers parked. I mean, obviously, even apart from that, we do think that people on entering Magic Kingdom do need to pass a stroller proficiency test. 
before they're allowed to wander around with the, these strollers. Most of them, they know how to handle a stroller. Some people, they could have done with a bit of practice before getting into the Magic Kingdom. You, you, you got to make sure you don't put too many bags on the handles. Oh, yes. Oh, I've been guilty of that where you two were little. Um, in the defence of strollers, I'm going to throw that out there, you would rather have strollers with content little kiddies yep. in there than screaming children that have had to walk Absolutely. around Absolutely, no, day. I completely agree. And I know at home your, to- your children will have grown out of strollers and will be walking, but Magic Kingdom is such a huge place and it's tiring and it's hot, then... Yeah, by all means, hire a stroller for your little one. You, you'll be highly hiring a stroller for ages beyond where you'd thought there'd be in a stroller. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not complaining about strollers per se. I'm, my complaint is they're parked right in the middle of Fantasyland and it detracts from the magic for me. Mm. So I wish they just had somewhere else to park them, I think. Okay, on to the next one. Cost of drinks. This is my other gripe. We go in August, it's 100 degrees... And the price of a, a bottle of water or a Diet Coke is extortionate. It's coming up over $4, something like that at the minute. Yeah, I, we know you can get ice water in any counter service restaurant. It comes in an egg cup, though. We know that there are water fountains that you can get fairly tepid water I was going to say you could of. boil your egg in it. Um, but given how hot it is over there... Disney themselves make emphasis on avoiding dehydration. The cost of the drinks is ridiculous. And why they can't have a refill system like they have in Universal, like they have in the water parks. Just, and the hotels. And the hotels. Just something to... Be easy to do, wouldn't it? Yeah. Just um, a refillable mug with an RDI chip. Even if it, you took it, even if you took it to refills at the carts, yeah, there being carts for refilling or, or whatever, Machines. just to encourage people more to keep hydrated, without the highest prices you can imagine having to pay for for a bottle of water or something. Yeah. It's just mad because they already have a system that works, like like you said, in the water parks. So it just seems common sense to try and try and do it I mean, it's economical sense for them isn't it it's you know yeah there we go on a positive note however we do like we've got a little gem there's two little things we like the ordering system you can do on your phone so if you do like to eat in you've jumped ahead sorry go you've on jumped then. ahead of meals in general go you, on then. you're still on go board we were on drinks here okay another one we were going to raise was the issue of meals okay um firstly and we know this is Disney over, um, and it's it's not one that affects us personally, but the idea that you can go into the park and if you want or need to sit down for a meal somewhere, it just isn't going to happen. You have to have booked months in advance to get a meal in the park. It's, it's not an ideal situation no. for anyone. So that's one side of it. There is counter service, but what I find quite, um, I don't want to say disappointing, that seems too too harsh, but what, what is a bit of a shame with counter service is it always seems to be the same things over and over again. It's burgers, hot dogs. Theme park food. Theme park food, <laughs> exactly. The bit that annoys me is it, it wouldn't be so bad if you could go into one place and you you'd have 
the option of hot dogs, burgers, uh, pizzas, all this sort of thing. But but no, you go to one place and all they do is hot dogs. You go to another place and what they do there is the pizzas. You you don't have much of a choice across a family um, in in many places. Casey. Uh, Cosmic Rays being one of the exceptions that actually has a few different basics in the one place. However, uh, getting a seat in Cosmic Rays, oh, it's you need a fast passport. Absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> I, I particularly find as well, I, I'd say I'm quite an adventurous eater. I like to try new things. I like to basically pick the wackiest thing on the menu and give it a try. We have evidence that she's had the donut burger down in Naples, <laughs> yeah. But then we have Charlie, who is an incredibly picky eater, and trying to find somewhere that has both of those things doesn't happen. Yeah. Does not happen in it's, Magic Kingdom. It's either basics, and this is this is across the theme parks, it's either here's the basic foods, or, oh, we're a restaurant that does interesting stuff. You don't seem to get that mix of the interesting fast service and the basic quick service in the same place. So to solve it, I think what you... what. Correct me now if I'm wrong. You'd like to have the unu- something unusual in the restaurant, but also then burgers and chicken nuggets and things as well on offer. More variety in each quick service restaurant. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So I can I go back to my little positive now? now? You're okay. Positives on the, the quick service. So I like uh, particularly at Cosmic Rays because it you do need a fast pass to get a table in there. You can order your food using the app using the My Disney Experience app and put your order through without having to queue to get to the counter and when it's ready you can just go pick it up. This is expanding out to more counter service places Casey's now. Corner and Columba Harbour House which is the next place I'm going because you may or may not know little best kept secret. We avoided that little counter service place for years thinking it was just a fish place. Actually they've got quite a nice range on their menu but get yourselves upstairs because there's a huge upstairs there. Looks like Nana's kitchen with little wooden seats and everything else. And you can sit there for as long as you want to. You can get your drink refilled downstairs and you can rest your feet. You can wait for the parade or your next fast pass to roll by in the air conditioning without being too disturbed. We've never had to queue or fight or worry about difficulty getting a table upstairs there. Cosmic Ray's is elbows out it's i think they've even gone beyond that to a ticket system now these days whereas upstairs in columbia harbour house now we've told everyone it's gonna be busy as well but <laughs> we'll see you in august up there <laughs> it's always been somewhere where you can just go and it's quiet nice little view of um haunted mansion from there yeah well, and the there? the liberty bell yeah. River boat and yeah. everything else. It's just a nice spot, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Very nice to be. Okay, on to the next one. Becky's going to lead this one. So I think we've particularly found this during the fireworks show because everyone's just scrambling for the best view and all that kind of thing. But you just get a few naughty people, don't you? I've, I, there's just something about Magic Kingdom that makes, I think, people just a bit more... Oh, inconsiderate feels like the wrong word, but it, it it's just tunnel vision isn't it they feel it's my holiday i've paid for it i'm doing this regardless of anybody else yeah and it can be a bit frustrating when you're the anybody else in that situation um for example if you're in the fireworks um people holding up their phones to film what's happening and blocking your view well more than phones i'd say actually 
Yeah, it gets beyond phones that you get whole tablets held up at the near their eye level, but basically what will be right on your eye level from behind, blocking your view straight out. Let's get a big tablet. And these are not just the smaller tablets, the biggest tablets you can have so that they can film. Oh, I don't actually want it in front of my face. I, I want to watch as well as film. So it's over to the side, so blocking the view of whoever's behind me. My pet eight is kids being lifted up on shoulders because I'm not, I'm not very tall, five foot four. And so if somebody tall stands in front of me, I'm already on tippy toes or trying to look around their shoulders. And then they put their kid on top of their shoulders again. And I'm doomed. I, I watched Happily Ever After on somebody's iPhone last year because they did exactly that. They stood it. We um, staked out a spot from about eight o'clock to watch it. I made sure we had enough space for Charlie. And this guy rolled up at two minutes to nine, stood in front of us, plonked his kids on his shoulders and filmed the whole thing. Absolutely ruined our our watching of it. Now, I feel like there's probably some people with kids out there that'll be like, but I want my kid to see, because obviously kids are shorter than adults, and I get yeah. that, but I think there'd be a brilliant solution to this that um, I think you were telling me earlier already happens in uh, Disneyland Paris I sometimes. So. Sometimes, In I the think. summer, I would guess. Yeah, where everyone sits down <laughs> one problem with this being if there's too many people you can't do it but the thing is if everyone sat down everyone gets the best view yeah and there's no issue with height difference because no. if we've got granny there or someone like that we can't lift granny on our shoulders <laughs> and then kids could small small children could stand up and be the same height as adults as exactly. well couldn't they? yeah, yeah. We, we have actually found they've we've experienced this in Disney in Florida, in Illuminations. Um, there's a nice little fast pass viewing area there. And we have had occasion where everyone has just been sat down. It's a slight slope there. And everyone had a brilliant view whilst, while sitting watching and it wasn't too busy. So it, it's one of the other negatives of Magic Kingdom is the viewing for uh, Happily Ever After can be so hit and miss because the only places you can view it well from is a limited area and therefore just everyone wants to go there. I'm going to add in that as well, that there's no disabled viewing, which is really tricky for... You've got people uh, with mobility issues who are in wheelchairs and then they've got tall people in front of them who are blocking their view. And then you've got people with cognitive disabilities and learning disabilities who need space and find crowds and things difficult and we you're just penned in together and it feels really claustrophobic we had a really bad experience with charlie on a on a night that was extra magic hours so you had regular day guests all jam-packed in to watch the fireworks before they left for the evening and re resort guests arriving for extra magic late hours and it was just scary wasn't it yeah yes i since then, we've definitely planned. Uh, we never intend to stay for to try and watch it uh, happily ever after on an extra magic hours night because it really does get crazy. It kind of makes me a bit anxious to take him thinking what's what's it going to be like? You know, is he going to be able to cope with this tonight? And and I think Disney need to get their act together for disabled customers, disabled guests on this one. I think it's it's wrong. Maybe they need to invest in some kind of like uh, seating area bandstand kind of thing. You know, you know, like you get for um, 
phantasmic where there's benches just just something they can roll out as the night comes <laughs> out you know actually they've got some ideal areas that they could use for that but instead they sell them at premium rate for the dessert parties yeah yeah this year to take the anxiety away we've put the dessert party for him but even then if you're unlucky you get trees in the way don't you or is that maybe not as much with the dessert party but general viewers you can have trees blocking your view yeah depending where you are yeah they, it's just needs there a better is, viewing, space. viewing space yeah yeah anything else on that um well on my on my rung of uh people misbehaving if it tells you no flash photography please or do the not camera lighting <laughs> do not use flash photography because it just takes you out of the the magic oh that's that's such a major pet peeve of mine but <laughs> That's it, just a little thing. If they tell you not to use flash photography, it's usually because your flash photograph is going to look awful. It's because the darkness hides things that you they don't want you to see and you don't want to see. Uh, it hides some of the things behind some of the uh, mechanics and whatever. And if you take a flash photo, guess what? You suddenly see all the things that are best not seen. So don't do it. <laughs> not one I've seen personally, though, um, but one I've seen on social media is um, people who don't respect characters. Mm. And, you know, they've seen mm-hmm. trying to pull ears and tails and things like that. And I think... We saw I'm, that once at Epcot, actually. Yeah. Someone messing with Sombrero Donald, which was sad, but... I think Donald took it very well and managed to sort of like twist it around mm. and and but yeah, there's just have yeah. fun with them by exactly. all means. Yeah. You know, um, if you want to say something original, go look it up. There's plenty of ideas out there. There's fun things to do, and the characters will play along with you brilliantly. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and teach your kids to respect them as well. It's just respect. That's probably we, that's what we could fit everything we've just said as our thing is. Respecting other people. Respecting other people, respecting the cast members, respect the characters. Everyone's there. Everyone's a human being and or, or a character. <laughs> and just treat each other with respect and be nice to each other. Yeah, be excellent to each other. Yeah, we've gone to Bill and oh, Ted. Go. Okay, last one then. It's the crowds. It's too busy. We're back to there. It's the crowds. It is too busy. Some of you may not know the figures, but on an average day, there are over 50,000 visitors to the Magic Kingdom. That's a huge number of people in there. It does make me wonder how it is I seem to keep seeing the same person over and over again over the course of a day with 50,000 there. And that's just me. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, 50,000 people. And it wouldn't take a huge number less for it to make a huge difference. But... uh, it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> and it just affects everything. Every, like, all aspects. You're never going to find Peter Pan with less than a two-hour queue, I think. I mean, in in August, I mean. Mm-hmm. And it's just because Q- it is so packed. Queuing for Merida. Merida, oh. I wanted to see Merida last year and the queue was just never short enough to, to get around to see us. And no so. fast pass available as well. Nope. And then I'm going to add to that then is actually leaving. So you've done Happily Ever After. Your feet are absolutely killing you. You're ready for bed and then fighting these hordes of people, these 50,000 people all standing in your way and you just want to get out and get to bed. Everyone queuing for the monorail and you're thinking it's going to be another 10 monorails come round before we even get onto the ramp up to the monorail. 
that's another reason why we prefer to stay on on site. <laughs> so either hop back to Bay Lake Tower on foot, because whilst you're waiting for that monorail to come round, you've walked back and you're in bed, or jump on the resort bus, which will get you back to resort pretty quick. Or if you have the stamina, hang around a little bit later after the fireworks and go, go shopping. Have a little shop. Go and watch um, the Kiss Goodnight from Mrs. Potts that we talked about in our positives. Mm. Yeah, take your time. If, you, if you've got the stamina to do it, just ease yourself out and let the crowds dissipate and let that go down a bit and you'll just be in for a bit of a smoother leave, I think. Anything else? So after all those things we'd like to improve, let us just end by saying... We love it! (laughs) (laughs) We're not going to stop going to Disney or Magic Kingdom. We're soon to be annual pass holders again for another year. We're DVC members for the last... Oh gosh, 13 years. And we've no intention of giving that up either. We even book cash stays at the hotels because we are just such huge Disney fans. We've already booked next summer as well as this summer to go back so yeah and nothing's going to stop us going i don't think it's all right once once i've worked for disney i'll get it all fixed yay <laughs> we can't wait cast member becky <laughs> so we'll sign off by saying disney we love you bob Iger, if you're listening those are just a few things we'd like our experience to be enhanced by so thanks for listening you've been listening to kath and bob and becky Getting paid by the hour and older by the minute. My boss just pushed me over the limit. I'd like to call him something. I think I'll just call it a day. Pour me something tall and strong. Make it a hurricane before I go insane. It's only half past twelve, but I don't care. It's five o'clock somewhere. Lunch break is gonna take all afternoon and half the night. Tomorrow morning, I know there'll be hell to pay. Hey, but that's alright. I ain't had a day off now in over a year. My Jamaican vacation's gonna start right here. If the phone's for me, you can tell them I just sailed away. Something tall and strong Make it a hurricane Before I go insane It's only half past twelve But I don't care It's five o'clock somewhere Buffett do
Funny you should ask, Al. <laughs> I'd say the poem is something tall and strong. Make it a hurricane before I go insane. It's only half past twelve, but I don't care. It doesn't matter, it's five o'clock somewhere. It's always on five in Margaritaville, come to think of it. Yeah, I heard it did. You've been there, haven't you? Yes, sir. I've seen your boat there. I've been to Margaritaville a few times. All right, well, that's good. Just on the way back. Okay, we just want to make sure you can keep it between the navigational beacons. <laughs> between the buoys, I got it. All right, well, it's five o'clock. Let's go somewhere. I'm ready, crack it up. Let's get out of here. I'm gone. Orlando Infopod, the podcast for all things Orlando. Do you love vacationing in the magical world of Orlando, Florida? Do you need information, news, laughter? Well, this is the podcast for you. We have news, views, and information that will help you have the best vacation ever. Available on eight platforms. Find us on Facebook for all the links.